episode 312 of the Sleeper and the Bust. It is a special guest episode version featuring National Fantasy Baseball Championship founder Greg Ambrosius. Brought Greg on to discuss the NFBC a bit, including some of their new game types, uh, like the cut line. Uh, you guys have heard me talk a lot about the, the draft champions, which are those 50-round draft and hold leagues. they got a lot of great stuff going on, so we talk about that. We also get into the value of their average draft position data, you know, kind of how you can utilize it. Um, I cite it often because these are leagues that, that folks are paying for, and that has a lot more merit to me than, you know, your run-of-the-mill NFBC or, or even – not NFBC, uh, your run-of-the-mill ESPN, Yahoo, or even Couch Manager's mock draft. And, and I w- love utilizing those sites. I'm not denigrating those sites. They're great for doing mock drafts, uh, especially when you get a group together that you know is going to take it seriously. But when you're looking at all the data at large, you know that there's there's going to be some goofiness in there because people will start drafts and just quit. People will purposely mess them up. Uh, on those on those particular free situations, but in the NFBC, you know they're putting up their money, and when you got skin in the game, you're unlikely to do that. Now they might have interesting draft strategies that that kind of skew ADP a little bit when you're looking at the min and max pick, but that's by design. You know they're they're trying to get something accomplished with it. They they might just be going for it in an unorthodox way. So you know I really find that uh, it is the best ADP data out there if you are going to use that, even as even if it's just a guidepost to kind and give you an idea of where you should be drafting guys, uh, it's useful to look at. I, I never stay married to it. Uh, I cite it a lot. I look at it for sure, but I do not adhere to it. I don't, I don't, I don't say I can't draft this guy because his ADP is X. I say, okay, you know, it gives me an idea of where I have to get him. But uh, if I love a guy in the sixth round and I'm ready to take him and his ADP is the ninth round, I'm not going to risk it because in a draft, it really only takes one guy. Uh, we also talk a little bit about some of Greg's favorites and least favorite costs in the market right now. He, so he looks at some of that. We also talk a little bit about the Beat Pulse 4 League that I've hinted at a few times, talked a little bit about it on Twitter, tried to gauge some interest. That That's going to be a go, folks. That's going to be a $350 NFBC League. And uh, we're going to get it going soon. So I know some of you on Twitter have mentioned that you would be interested. We're going to have to hammer down a date soon. So I'm looking at... The February 29th, that, that week, so that'd be Leap Day, uh, March 1st, not March 2nd because the time for that date doesn't work because there's only a certain time slots available. So on Leap Day, February 29th, it would be 8 p.m. Central, and then on Tuesday, March 1st, March 3rd, or March 4th, it would be 7 p.m. Central. So if you're very interested in this, if you're legitimately interested in, in the Beat Paul Spore League, which again... It's just the name of it. You guys aren't going to be able to do it, but uh, it will ostensibly be named that. If you are interested in the Beat Pulse 4 League, the NFBC style $350 league, with a chance at not only the $1,400 league prize, but also the $100,000 overall prize. If you're if you're interested in it, let me know if Leap Day, the 1st, the 3rd, or the 4th are out for you. If they are 100% out and you cannot make an evening draft at 7 or 8 o'clock uh, central, and you know, commit a couple hours to it. Let me know because I want to get the folks in that that really want to do play that. I think it will be a, a heck of a lot of fun. Not to mention, folks, Chris Liss uh, and Jeff Erickson, my colleagues uh, over at RotoWire, they do these leagues uh, as well. You know, and they they've got their fan bases of support. And and Chris Liss is sold out in eight hours, and uh, we got to beat that. 
You know, we, we have to beat that. So once this thing is announced, I want you guys to fill it up so fast that Greg's head spins and he says, you know what, I got to get a second beat Paul Spore League and maybe a third beat Paul Spore League. So that's what we got to do. We got to get it filled up as soon as possible. So we're not going to pick a date until we get an idea of, of how it works for some of you folks. So if you are interested in it, please hit me up on Twitter at Spore. Let me know if the 29th, the 1st, the 3rd, or the 4th, if any of those days are 100% out for you. Also, some of you have mentioned either in uh, iTunes reviews or Twitter comments, emailing us, some stuff about how my mic kind of goes in and out. We're getting that remedied. Getting me a new mic should be in next week. That should clear right up. So I apologize about that. I know I'd heard it. I heard some of it in the summer. I didn't know it was still an ongoing issue. We did get a couple emails recently about it, and I feel really bad. So I apologize for that. We're on it. Getting a new mic, and that'll be great. And then finally, before we get into the interview with Greg, um, some of you, I think, are un, unaware that the, the 2016 Starting Pitcher Guide is a thing. It will be happening. I guess I haven't been promoting it uh, as much as normal because I didn't do a pre-order, and I still don't have a firm date of when it will be out, which I know is annoying, especially with draft season really uh, knocking on the door here. And so I'm kicking my butt into high gear for sure. The reason it's taken longer than it did last year is because of uh, you know my other my other duties. Plain and simple, just just the workload uh, is the reason. So that's not uh, I'm not trying to make excuses so much. I guess that is an excuse, but I'm not trying to use it for anything. That's just the truth. Uh, that's just the simple truth. So I'm going to try to get it done as soon as possible. I know that some drafts are going to be starting. Heck, you know, maybe even this weekend, I don't know, you know, uh, but probably the weekend after and definitely that first weekend in March. So I am definitely running out of time for its main purpose, which is a, is as a draft tool. So the spguide.com is where you can find information about that. Um, once it's available, you'll definitely hear me talk about it on this podcast. You'll see it on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay, I guess that's going to be it. We're going to get into the interview with Greg. Uh, Colette and I should be back on Sunday talking labor. Uh, I'm talking all about our draft. I know we've done a lot of talk about that, so we won't dedicate the whole episode to it. Obviously, Eno and I did a breakdown. You heard Jason and I, you know, draft it live. We'll have probably some recap thoughts and then kind of move on, especially with pitchers and catchers reporting. It's about time to kind of uh, put a bow on that, especially after I write about it this week, too. So uh, without further ado, here's Greg. By the way, one other thing, one other thing. There is further ado. I lied. If there are any baseball folks that you'd like to hear on these guest episodes, definitely let me know on Twitter at Spore, and I will ask her or him to come on. Um, can't guarantee it, but I'll definitely put them on the list and you know try to make it happen. I'm going to be doing these. There's not going to be a, a set schedule with it in the off season yet. Once the season gets going, it'll be easier. But right now, with schedules kind of being really crazy, particularly mine, um, they're going to be a little bit more sporadic. But once the season gets going and everything gets into kind of its routine then I think the guest episodes will have a little bit more of a regular release. So yeah, if there's anybody that you want to hear, baseball related, obviously, it doesn't even have to be fantasy, um, you know, but just if you want to hear them, let me know and I'll do my best. Now, without further ado, Mr. Greg Ambrosius. I'm joined now by the founder of NFBC, which is the National Fantasy Baseball Championship, Greg Ambrosius. Greg, thanks for joining us. How's it going? It's going good. Baseball's right around the corner. Let's do it. I'm it fired up. Finally happening. And I know you're up in the Midwest, so you're really hoping that the snow melts and the temperatures start to go up. 
I'm in Texas. We're already getting a little bit of the heat, but baseball is it's really on the cusp, and I couldn't be more excited. I mentioned that you're from NFBC, uh, a league format that I've really taken to in, in the recent years and, and just become a huge fan of. We're going to get into some of the game formats, but one of the best things about it that really turned me on to it is the all's NFBC uh, average draft position data is always available early because those drafts get going and we start to get some real data from folks who put up their money to play. So you can kind of take it a little bit more seriously in your estimation, Greg, what is the, what is the value? What's at least one way that you can utilize the average draft position uh, data for NFBC? Yeah. I mean, as you know, ADPs became very popular with mock draft sites like mockdraftcentral.com. And they would have drafts every single night. Of course, there were mock drafts. And you had to take the ADP with a grain of salt because a lot of people didn't finish the whole drafts. Mm-hmm. In the NFBC, we actually start drafting for in our paid leagues in November. So we've had over 100 drafts already right now in February because these guys start so early. So you start to see the player pool and where guys are starting to land in paid drafts in the NFBC. So I think people realize that we are the gold standard as far as ADPs in the industry right now. Not only do we start early, but they're very, very valuable because these are pay leagues. What the average draft position does is really give you a roadmap of where the draft is going to flow, where you're going to see starting pitchers go, where power is going, where speed is going, where the closers are going. So it's almost like taking the ACT test and having you know, a practice test beforehand and seeing some of the answers even. That's what this does. Now, people got to realize that you just use this as a guide. It is not the final answer. You just got to take it as a guide. If you're looking for Mookie Betts and you think you're going to get him in the third round, well, look at this ADP. His ADP is 17. He's not going in the third round, so you need to get him in the first or second round. It, that's the type of information that's available to you by getting the ADPs. And, uh, again, I just think they're the best in the industry. I really do, too, and I, I'm not just saying that because you're on here. I've been touting them literally all fall and winter. Everyone asks me on Twitter, you know, where would you get that data? Which What is that? And I point them to the NFBC. Now, the stuff that's hosted um, at the website hosted.stats.com, is that the most mm-hmm. up-to-date NFBC data, or is there a source where it's even more updated? No, it gets updated as soon as drafts are finished. We update awesome. them every night. So, I mean, if there's a, a slow draft that just ended at 3 o'clock this afternoon, that will be updated. So oh, wow, that's Right great. now, I think we've got 90 finished drafts. So, yep, that's the, the place to go, definitely. And we really want people to go to our ADPs. I mean, it's great editorial content, and we want people to talk about it. I mean, again, these are paid drafts. People have paid for, the, for them. And we want the results to resonate throughout the industry. I mean, you hear it on Sirius XM, according to the NFBC ADPs. And again, we want that. So go there and and check out our ADPs. I'll tell you what, Greg, I say the same thing all the time. Whenever, you know, Jason and I are referencing it on the show, we say the Mm -hmm. NFBC uh, ADP data because it is it is gold. Let's talk a little bit about it. Let's let's dive in a little bit, because obviously, uh, as the the founder of this excellent setup, you also play the game quite a bit. So let's talk about some of your surprises and some of your uh, your your gems. The surprises are going to be guys that a little bit higher than you want to pay so I don't want to say bust or that you hate it or anything because it's really a comfort thing what you're comfortable paying but I just want to know one hitter and one pitcher that you're looking at and they're going a lot higher than than you're really comfortable with paying let's start with a hitter who's somebody that a little bit too too costly for you well I think Carl Schwarber he was the guy that everybody wanted to know where he's going to land this year between him and Carlos Correa was very interesting I mean Correa is number six right now which 
I think is higher than we thought maybe in November, but yeah. hey, I'd pay for that guy. I think he's a superstar. Now, Schwarber's a little bit different. I understand because the catcher position is so weak this year, and he qualifies that catcher, but his ADP is 30, and for my blood, that's too high for me, and I understand why people are paying for it. I mean, he had 32 homers between the minors and majors last year. You're looking for that power. In the minors, he hit for good average. Last year at the Cubs, he had 246 in 69 games, so I'm a little worried about his batting average. But again, at the end of the second round, for me, that's a little bit high for a guy with only 69 games in the majors. I understand why people are taking them. I have no problem if you want to take them at the end of the second round, but that's a little bit high for my blood. Uh, but uh, Kyle Schwarber has got the potential to really carry a lot of teams, so I can understand it. But for my blood, a little bit too high. I couldn't agree with you more, and honestly, I don't want anybody to think I set you up for, for saying that because <laughs> I, I've been having the same feelings about Schwarber, and it, it was perfect that that was the guy that you're a little bit down on. It's just too costly for me, so I completely, completely agree with you there. It's not that I don't like him. It's not that I don't think he has mammoth power, but Schwarber, I cannot pay that price, and I, I'm no. also in lockstep with you on Correa. That is a price I would pay. It is high. I understand the risk, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. Let's talk pitching then. Yep. Who's a surprise? on that pitching end where again you're just not comfortable with it you're not bashing people who are doing it but when you're setting up your drafts you're like eh, I can't go that high well you shouldn't be asking me this question you're the starting pitcher expert <laughs> you're the one to answer this but I'll, I'll answer it since you asked anyways you know there's a really interesting trend that's taking place right now and NFBC guys are the trendsetters really when it comes to the drafts and right now you're seeing eight teams starting pitchers going in the first 50 picks. Now, last year, there were 11 starting pitchers going in the first 50 picks. In the FSTA draft, there were 11 starting pitchers that went this year in the first 50 picks. Well, not in the NFBC. 18 starting pitchers going in the first 50 picks. So those 18 guys are guys that are going to get you 200 to even 300 strikeouts like we saw from Kershaw last year. So I understand. And I'm telling you what, I mean, we set a record 10 straight years now for the number of strikeouts in Major League Baseball. Last year was a record year again. And I mean, in the NFBC 15-team format, you need to get about 1,430 strikeouts to finish in the top 20% in your league. And that's the goal. You want to hit that mark. That's a lot of strikeouts. And if you don't have one or two guys that are getting you 200, it's pretty tough to end up at around 1430. So I understand why the starting pitchers are going high. The one guy for me is Steven Strasburg, mainly because we had him in labor last year. He just dragged us down for the whole year. Now, I know when he came back that last time in his last 10 starts, well, I think he was 6-2, and 1.90 ERA, 92 strikeouts and 66 innings. A lot of people are going to point to that and say, He's one of the top 15 starting pitchers. I've got to have this guy. His ADP is 41. I've been burned once before. I'm not going to be burned again. So I'll stay away from Steven Strasburg. I wish him the best of luck as he's heading into maybe a free agent contract. But uh, for my blood, I just can't take Strasburg. There's too many other good guys at that point. I understand the reservations that folks have with Strasburg. I tend to lean a little bit toward the other side where I'm a little bit more pro Strasburg, but I cannot sit here and tell you that I don't fully get it with the injury concerns that folks have had. We just haven't seen him hold up the way uh, that you need yep. when it's the anchor. And so I get that. I'm going to be a little bit more um, willing to take him. But again, I'm not listening to anybody, uh, or I am listening to people when they say that they have reservations, and I say, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. it, it it's a preference thing. Well, let's jump on the other side, the part that, that people like a little bit more. They want to know who you, who you like, who, who you're eyeing out there. Let's talk some gems. Again, one hitter, one pitcher, whose price you're looking at, and you're saying, you know what, 
I can really get behind that. In fact, I'm going to start seeking that out. Who's a hitter you love based on his ADP right now? Well, I'm looking at Yasiel Puig because his ADP is 84. We've actually had some 15-team online auctions. He's going for about $18. I mean, this is a guy who was going second round last year, and we know what kind of ability he has in 2014. I mean, he hit 296, 16 homers, 11 stolen bases. You know, he has the potential there. Now, this guy, of course, has an attitude problem, and he has a commitment problem. It sounds like this offseason he's starting to get it. He understands the Dodgers aren't going to give him much more rope. They'd rather trade him than try and baby him again this year. So I think this is a very important year. This is only his fourth year in Los Angeles. He's got to get it or he's out of town. And so I think at 84, Yasiel Puig is that difference maker, a guy who can get you 20 homers, 20-plus stolen bases, and really do a great service to helping your offense. So Yasiel Puig, to me, seems very undervalued from just a year ago. I know people like podcasts where there's a lot of disagreement, but I can't force it. I can't lie. I love Puig. Eno and I have been talking him up. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm really glad you're not in this labor mix draft tonight because uh, I feel like we'd be battling it out over some guys, maybe not Strasburg, but we would be pushing Schwarber to the side and racing to get uh, Yasiel yeah. Puig. What about your favorite pitcher? Who are you looking at uh, as a good bargain in that realm? Well, I think Marcus Stroman at 98 oh, just has again, so right? much upside. Another I mean, really, he, we, I got him in the FSTA draft. I, it wasn't there at Brady Tinker draft for me, but he did take Marcus Stroman, and I really did like that one an awful lot. I mean, again, the knee injury last year is flukish. He can certainly come back from that. He showed at the end of last year when he made those four starts. He was 4-0, 1.67 ERA, and he didn't even have his best stuff at that point. This guy... From the minute I saw him down in the Arizona Fall League, I mean, he just looks like Flash Gordon out there. He's not very big, but he just brings it. Very good command on the mound. He's a smart pitcher. He's on a team that's got a chance to win a lot of ball games. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets 16 wins or more. So I really like Marcus Stroman an awful lot. Great pick. Cannot uh, add anything to that except to say that I just fully agree with you there. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely move on. Looking at the uh, average draft position data, I think there's a, a part that maybe doesn't get hit on as uh, enough as a really good benefit, the min pick and the max pick. And, of course, what that means, the min pick is the highest that a player was picked, and the max pick was the lowest that they were picked. Uh, and I think it's nice to kind of see the splits there. You can see, okay, how aggressive are people getting on some guys? Like, for example, Zach Greinke is the seventh starting pitcher off the board around pick 32, but – his min pick is nine. So somebody jumped him in the first round. They felt comfortable yeah. uh, with the excellence that he's done the last few years. So I think that something like that is really interesting. What value do you get out of the min max pick? Yeah, we, we have fun with this, actually. Uh, not only do we have the minimum pick and maximum pick, but when you're drafting, it just keeps tab of your team then as well. So are you overreaching for guys or are you getting values at the end? And when you're done with your draft on the NFBC site, it'll give you a plus 35 or a oh, minus yeah, 200 great. or whatever it is. <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun to see, man, I overreached for a lot of guys or I really got bargains. And our guys really like that an awful lot. But really what this shows, I think, is more the maximum pick. How low is this guy really going? Yeah. And again, Carlos Correa, if we just look at him, I mean, he went number two overall this week in a draft, but he has not gone any lower than 15. So he's been in the first round really of about every draft that we've had in the NFBC. Wow. So if you pass on him in the first round, there's no coming back. This is a really good uh, tool that shows you that this guy is not falling any lower than this. 
So don't plan on getting a bargain on this guy. And and that's kind of what we're looking for. Like you said, guys like Granky, they may have really big spreads. And that's important to look for, too, because that just shows you that there's a lot of varied opinions. Some of these guys that don't have much of a spread means, tell you what, people are really sold on this guy, and he's either going first or second round, but he's going no lower than that. So it's a really neat tool. But like I say, when you are in a pay draft with us, it keeps your score going at the same time, which kind of tells you if you're overreaching or not. And I do like that. And I think that uh, that's something that updates in a slow draft live, yep. right? So you could kind of keep yep. keep up with it. That That is very useful. So you definitely have to check that out, folks, in your uh, draft results on the NFBC side. I love that tidbit that you mentioned about Correa never getting out of the first round. He's one of just yep. seven guys who's gone in yep. every single first round based on this max pick. That'd be Trout, Goldie, Harper, Kershaw, Donaldson, Correa, and then Arenado. That's really interesting yep. to me to be one of just seven guys for that. All right, Greg. Let's yeah, talk. absolutely. Oh, and, you know, we, we kind of talked about the first couple guys going. I mean, in almost every draft, every format, you're looking at Trout, Goldschmidt, Harper, Kershaw. But then after that, it's just wide open. But like you said, those guys are going the first round anywhere from 5 to 15, but they're not dropping out of that. The second round gets interesting, and then, of course, the third round has all these starting pitchers that are located there. So I think we're, we've seen trends. We know where guys are kind of going to go. But I'll tell you what, after five, it's still a crapshoot. It really is. It really opens up this year uh, right around that four or five round area, and you can go a lot of different ways, and you can kind of lean toward the ADP and use it as a weapon, um, or you can kind of shun it and say, you know what, I'm going to go with what I want, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad idea either, but I love looking at it for the uh, for the information that can be gleaned. Let's talk a little bit more yep. about NFBC uh, at large here. You've got a lot of great game types over there. I've always been bragging about the, the draft champions. I really like that format. 50 round draft and hold and you just set it and forget it. you still got to set your lineup, but you don't have to worry as much about fabs um, and, and, and bid pickups or anything like that. So if that's part of your season that you're like, I can't commit to that every week, then this draft champions is perfect for you. But I want to talk about the new cut line game. I'm very intrigued by it. Can you explain what it is? Yeah, I'll tell you what, we've been trying to be innovative here. And one of the things is that we started in 2004 with our main event, which is a 15-team, 30-round draft, only seven reserves. We don't have any DL. It's a very, very tough format. And we had a $100,000 prize when we started. And really, that was it. We didn't have any online drafts. We didn't have anything else. We didn't have slow drafts. We had the main event. And then we had an NL-only auction and an AL-only auction, and people would fly to either Las Vegas or New York or Chicago. That was it. You know, they came and did one auction and one main event. And through the years, obviously, we've had online drafts now that have expanded our audience and such. And, you know, even our whole country has changed from flying to Las Vegas to just doing everything in front of a computer. Mm -hmm. The technology is so much better than everything. So we've had to really innovate and then stay on top of things. And this is going to be our 13th year now. And we've given away over $31 million between baseball, football, and basketball. I mean, it's just been fantastic to, to be able to serve the, the community and the industry this way. But one of the things that I've noticed is there is a churn rate in that 15-team format. Not everybody can keep doing it year after year. It's very hard. As we know, baseball is a marathon, 26-week season. So it's not easy. So I feel like I have to come up with some games that really keep people involved, even if they do lose the interest and the passion for doing the season long. And we know DFS is very, very popular and people are starting to do more daily fantasy sports, but 
What DFS can't do is hold drafts during the off season, and everybody wants to draft in the winter. So, Greg, how can you come up with more games that allows people to draft more often? Yes. And so I came up with this cut line draft where every single night you can come to our site and you're going to see a cut line league available. I mean, we do them every night at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And for $125, you can get in a 10-team draft, 36 rounds. And what this is is an optimal scoring league. So we've created a point system format where home runs and stolen bases and such are calculated to mirror the 5 by 5 image. So you don't need a whole new cheat sheet. This is your same 5 by 5 NFBC cheat sheet. It'll work in this point system league. But it's going to be an optimal scoring lineup. Every day, the computer just picks your best lineup, and it scores it through the week. Your best lineup in the week carries on that point total. And you don't have to do anything, really, other than after the draft day. Then they'll cheer on all of your players because an optimal scoring lineup is going to uh, calculate on your team page throughout the season. And the cut line basically is you have to finish in the top half of your league to move on after the all-star break. And then after three weeks, there's going to be another cut line you need to finish above. And then after another three weeks, another cut line. And whoever can survive, there'll be 20 teams left going for a $40,000 grand prize. And all 20 teams will have overall prizes. But this is almost like a survivor game, but not much gets done after the draft. And, uh, it's an easy way to, to draft fantasy baseball during the cold winter nights and yet still have a lot of fun during the season without managing your starting lineup every single week and free agency every single Sunday night. So our guys are loving it right now because this is just an additional draft prep tool for them. They can draft every night, learn to play our pool, and you got a chance for $40,000 without having any uh, in-season management. So I think it's a very unique game. Nobody else has ever done this before. The technology to, you know, calculate uh, your optimal scoring lineup when you've got so many different positions is not easy. I mean, we're really working hard on that right now to make sure that the utility spot is getting the top score from somebody in your lineup and mm-hmm. and, and all of that. But uh, our guys are really taken to it, and there's nothing better than having multiple drafts every single night on your site. No, there really isn't, and and you've you've got them there. I looked, I, I counted, uh, I used the computer to count, but they got 126 scheduled for the cut line. I think it's a really great yep. league idea. Again, a lot of people their issue with the fantasy baseball is managing it throughout the season and doing multiple yep. leagues and having to do it, you know, every day or once a week. This takes some of that out, and it's a really cool way to do that. So I feel like people really got to check that out. One of my favorite things about NFBC, and that really turned me on to it, that just it was a little small thing. It was the fact that you guys used what's called KDS. And uh, mm-hmm. I got really excited by that the first time we did it in Arizona at the AFL draft. And what that was, that's called Kentucky Derby style, and that's a way to pick your draft spot. So, you know, you can have the card, the ace of hearts or whatever, and they pull that out, and that's my card. That doesn't mean I have to take first pick. That means I get to pick where I want to be slotted. And I think that that's a really, really cool way, and it just adds even more strategy to the, to the game. So you go 1 through 15, of course, and I'm not going to get all of yours, but how is your KDS – uh, slotting right now. What, what, let's let's just go with your top five because I think there is a pretty uh, <laughs> interesting. You know, the top four is probably the same for a lot of folks. So that fifth one's yeah. really interesting. How are you looking at your KDS this year, Greg? Yeah, it's real interesting. I'll tell you a little bit about that. The Kentucky Derby system, as you said, 
the the uh, trainers would be able to pick where they wanted the horse because not every horse likes to be on the rail, not exactly. every horse likes to be in the middle among, and not every horse likes to be way on the outside. So if the trainer gets pulled number one, he doesn't want to be against the rail. He wants his horse on the outside. We're so old as a game that the Kentucky Derby doesn't even do that anymore. They stopped <laughs> doing that a couple of years ago. So we have outlived the Kentucky Derby style in our contest. But the reason we do that is because, again, even though you're picked out of a hat number one, a lot of times you don't want to be on the first pick. You don't want to be 29 picks away from your second pick. And so we just allow our, our customers to tell us where they want to be. I mean, when Lindy Hinkleman won the 100000 a couple of years ago, his KDS first pick was 14, and he got 14 because that's where he wanted to do. And he was able to prep for where 14 was going to help him out. Steve Japenko won the 100000 a couple of years ago. His first KDS was 11. That's what he got, and that's where he went. And so we, there's no reason why I should tell you where you have to draft when in a big stakes money league. So we let you guys tell us where you want to draft. Now, as far as mine, I would certainly do – one through four, I'm not sure I would put one number one. I might go three, two, one, four. But I do like those top four guys, yeah. and I think there's enough guys coming back. That being said, I think there's 25 good players that I like right away, and then after that, there's a lot of starting pitchers that I could be happy with. So if I didn't get one through four, I would have no problem dropping down you know, to like 11 or 12 because there's some good guys there. I had eight in the FSDA draft. I actually thought that was a pretty good spot where I could get two good hitters right away and still come back with two starting pitchers. I'm of the mindset this year, I'm really getting two starting pitchers in the top four rounds. I don't think there's any yep. question about that. I may go two hitters, but I'm definitely going like in Talt Wars mix. You're going to see me go third and fourth round, definitely starting pitchers because the industry writers don't go too heavily into uh, the starting pitchers. I know I'm going to get two really good ones in rounds three and four. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, and I, I kind of uh, match you right with the KDS as well. I do have the top four as my top four in some order. I might even go four, three, two, one because I'd be totally fine yeah. if it was Kershaw. But then I am jumping yeah. toward the back with my fifth pick, uh, maybe even as far as the 15 to get the elbow. I'm a, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of the elbow, um, and you know. Looking just at ADP right now, there's a guy, little known guy. I'm, I'm giving you guys a tip on who this guy might be. This guy named Miguel Cabrera is at pick 16. And so if I'm on, if I get pick 15, I do not feel bad about that. I know he's not going to go 16 in every draft, but even if I, yeah. you know, pick pick 13 and he falls down there, I feel great. There's some kind of forgotten veterans, Andrew McCutcheon, Miguel Cabrera, yeah. Jose Altuve down yeah. there at the bottom that you can feel really comfortable yeah. with. So I, I, I told yeah, you. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, you got bony elbows, so I know you like the, the elbow exactly. down there. But, exactly. uh, uh, you know, like you said, Andrew McCutcheon is at 13, 14, 15. I've seen him an awful lot. I really love Mookie Betts, and I do like D Gordon. I like getting the speed. I mean, I hope you guys know finding speed this year is very, very oh, difficult. There were luck. seven hitters last year who had 30 or more stolen bases. Seven. Brutal. So a guy like D Gordon who gives you batting average and and that, and the same with Mookie Betts. I really like the opportunity for Mookie Betts to shine this year, really break out even more than last year. So that turn at the bottom, I think you can get two really, really good hitters down there. I'd have no problem going Cabrera Betts um, in an ideal turn yep. for me. That would just be totally ideal for me. Greg, you, yep. you, I, I, I came to you with this. I said, you know, 
I love Chris Liss and Jeff Erickson, DBR. Those are three of my buds and colleagues, and they've got their beat them leagues. And I said, you know, maybe we could get a Paul, beat Paul Spore league going. I mean, nobody's going to beat me, but the idea, it, it would still be called a beat Paul Spore <laughs> league. And I put it out there. I think there are some folks interested, so I don't know. I know we got to kind of talk about it behind the scenes, but you think this is something we might be able to get going? Well, I think it is. I mean, uh, the Rotowire Online Championship this year has grown so much that we now have a $100,000 grand prize. Last year was 75000 but we are all in. And this is a $350 entry fee. So to, to go from $350 and win $100,000 is very, very exciting. And, and I just love that format. The Rotowire guys have really been great proponents and, and promotional partners for us in the NFBC. So when we did a Beat Chris List League, what Chris would do is, Anybody that could beat him in that league, he'd give a free subscription to rotowire.com. Well, the first couple of years, everybody beat him. And same even with Jeff Erickson. Those guys were struggling. They were giving out 10 free subs for each of those leagues. (laughs) Well, last year, Chris just had one of the best years ever. He finished 11th overall in our contest. Uh, He he won his Chris List League. We did a second one. He finished second in that one. So one person out of 24 got a free subscription. So this year, we offered it out there. And it sold out in less than eight hours. I mean, Chris is just the master, and everybody wants to compete against him. So I love it. So if you can come up with uh, guys that want to do it, let's pick out a date. We're going to call it the Beat Paul Sporer League. Okay. You decide what you're going to give people that beat you in the league if they can do that. I know it's not easy. Okay. And uh, that's what we'll do. So you pick out the date and the time, and I'll set it up. All right? I guarantee it. That'll be fantastic, Greg. It's really funny that we're talking about it right now. I literally just got a tweet that said, your own NFBC league, I'm definitely interested. Just signed up for a three-pack. <laughs> so I think we're going to have enough interest. You, you and I will work out a date very soon so we can get those yep. details out and get folks interested. I really appreciate you coming on, Greg. I know we'll see each other out at Tout Wars. Are, are you going to be there in New York, right? I actually am not. That's oh, when I'm in Vegas. I was going to say, yeah. I host for like 13 straight days. So I'm yeah, actually yeah, in the right. mixed uh, – yeah, that mixed draft in, in early March. Yeah, I, t- I totally forgot about that. Those those are big weekends for you, uh, doing yep. the live events, by the way, which, as you mentioned at the outset, this is how it got started, folks. The live events, I haven't been to one yet, but I hear they're amazing. Las Vegas, New York, oh, Chicago. Man. If you can get to that, that should be your number one goal, and then – get into the online leagues and, and try to take my money and get a free SP guide, which again, you're not going to, but you, you're very welcome to try, but those live events, DVR and I have talked at length about them, yeah. just, you know, hanging out in Arizona and he speaks so highly of that event as one of the best things that he does all year. So Greg, you're doing great work. We really appreciate you coming on and we'll stay in touch throughout the season. All right. Thanks a lot, Paul. Good luck this year. Thank you. <laughs>